Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio, this is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. In 1992, a brutal war in Bosnia devastated the lives of thousands of families. Like many who fled the carnage, the family of Azra Salimovic found their way to St. Louis. Here, the Bosnian community built new homes, businesses, and lives of their own. Three decades later, Azra is taking that step herself. She opened a new luxury tattoo parlor a couple of weeks ago, and that's notable for several reasons. It's Bosnian-owned, which is a rarity, but there's a personal story here connecting tattoos, Bosnia, and one family's journey to St. Louis. And to talk about this story, Azra Salimovic joins us in studio. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Tattooing is something that's not just a job for you. In fact, your parents and your siblings, you all have a tattoo of a bee on your bodies. It's also the logo of the new shop. And this has something to to do with what happened to your family in 1993 as they escaped Bosnia. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, my parents, we were passing a checkpoint. It was a Serbian checkpoint. And um, they, the officer asked for my parents' documentation. So if the officer saw the documentation, they would know by our names, Fahir and Senela Kopik. And at that moment, my name was Azra Kopik. Um, now I'm married. But, um, and if the officer saw our names, right away he'd know that we're Bosnian and we would be sent off and that would be it for us. It would be the end. Um, and at that moment, my father was taking out the paperwork out of his bag and a bee came and stung the officer by his eye. And he was very furious, and he just kind of threw the papers and said, go, go, go. And that's how we passed that checkpoint. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was I, quite a miracle. <laughs> I, I, I think that's one instance where you're, gl- you're glad a bee stung somebody in the face. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, but th- but there, there also seems to be a special connection between Bosnians and tattoos. Can, can you elaborate on that? Yes. A long time ago in the 1300s, uh, the Ottoman Empire came and they did a you know, conquest of Bosnia. And um, so the, the mothers would tattoo their daughters and sons in to protect them. Uh, at that time, tattoos were looked at as tarnished. Uh, you know, if individuals had them, it w- they would be tarnished. So they would tattoo their daughters and sons to protect them. And they would tattoo, um, they, we call it ograda. And what that means, it's called a fence. And that's for protection. So to protect their children. So yeah, tattoos are huge in the Bosnian culture. So opening this business has not been an easy process no. for you. Uh, as zone, because it's in Afton, it has to go through the St. Louis County Planning Commission because Afton is not a city and everything is, is sort of overseen by the county. And some residents publicly opposed your business. What yes. was the experience like getting this business to, business approved? Yeah, it was actually really hard. Um, the county council were very supportive. They saw our business plan. They saw our dreams and goals, and, and they supported us. And I just kind of wish that the residents, if, that they gave me a chance to meet me and that they're, you know, this isn't, you know, your, your traditional 
type of tattoo parlor. This is a luxury tattoo parlor. And we really invested in the luxury experience and the atmosphere. And um, also in all of our products, we don't cut, cut any costs when it comes to our inks and needles. So um, I, I really kind of wish that they gave me a chance to explain to them our, our, our business goals. Because when, when when the public thinks of tattoo parlors, they may get this idea that it's a seedy, dangerous type of business. But as you just mentioned, you're really going for something completely different. Yes. But but what, what separates a luxury tattoo parlor from just a regular tattoo parlor, in your opinion? Yeah, so it's definitely the atmosphere. Um, our luxury design on the inside. And then we really cater uh, really nicely. Like we have um, a, a complimentary little uh, mini fridge. And, and like I said, we just use the top-notch equipment. Um, and then, you know, hopefully you guys can come in and, and take a look. But uh, it's, it's quite beautiful in there, white marble floors throughout. So it was very important for us to make it an environment that will um, – that will uh, be luxury for our clients and and also for me. I'm there more than I am at home. So (laughs) I'd like you to walk through like what it takes to become a tattoo artist, because from reading like the Riverfront Times, for example, and and St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, it's a pretty arduous process. Yes. <laughs> I've been an artist since I was four um, and moving around a lot and, and speaking different languages. And when I came here to America, it was it was hard. I, I, I would speak Bosnian to people. No one would understand me. I was a child. And then German and no one would understand me. So I really kind of um, fell into art because it was a language that I could like express myself through. So um, yeah, I've been an artist since I was four. So what it takes is really amazing like artistry skills and um, definitely being able to transition from a paintbrush to a tattoo machine. So my, and it's also like you had to have an apprenticeship too. And And from reading other articles, you've decided to try to treat your apprentices in a much different way than you were treated. Can yeah. you can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, being being a woman in a male dominant industry was quite difficult. Um, I had to deal with a lot, but you know, um, I have really thick skin, so I made it through. But I definitely won't. Um, I, that's why I have a, a female apprentice at this time, um, Destiny, and uh, she. You know, I, I don't make her clean. I don't make her. You know, um, kind of do all the work. You know, because. Um, and in the tattoo industry, that's how you earn your stripes. But I told her, I said, you're here to learn, you know, and I'm here to teach you. And and it's about tattooing. It's not about all the, you know, all the other stuff. So, Because I think in order to become a tattooist in Missouri, you need several hundred hours. Yeah, of, of 300 a- hours. Of, yes. of actual, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say practice, but yeah. th- don't you actually have to do tattooing on actual people? Or is part of that, like, practicing on paper or the wall or your car or something like that. (laughs) No, definitely on skin. Those 300 hours has to be on skins and it's uh, 50 different procedures. So yeah, quite a lot. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So when, when somebody comes into your, your shop, like what does it usually range from as as far as complexity goes? Because I, Mm -hmm. I can imagine some people who are maybe coming in for the first time may want something relatively simple, but there could be somebody who already has a lot of tattoos that 
wants to add to something fairly complicated? Like, how does yeah. each process kind of work for you? Yeah, so they're all different, and it's it's quite interesting. They're all different styles, too, and I do all the styles. I can't just pick one just because they're all beautiful in their own way. But, um, yeah, usually when it's someone's first time getting a tattoo, they'll get a smaller tattoo. And um, usually how it starts is with a consultation, a free consultation, and we talk about what they want to get. And, you know, if it's a memorial tattoo, how do they want to remember their loved ones? And so it's kind of pretty different for each for each client. Do you think that the public perception of tattoos has changed over time? Because I think when I was growing up and I saw somebody with a tattoo, I was like, whoa, that person is a tough person and <laughs> I don't want to mess with them. But now it seems to be more mainstream, I yes. guess. I, I know yes. perceptions on things are very subjective, but that's been kind of my observation. What's been yours? Yeah, so definitely the um, every year the industry seems to grow about 9 to 10%. So it's really becoming more acceptable and not as taboo as it once was. Um, like I said, most of the tattoos I do are memorial tattoos. So it's, you know, it's a way to express yourself. And I think people are really seeing that nowadays. So. And we, we've been seeing a United States Senator, uh, John Fetterman of Pennsylvania, with tattoos. And oftentimes he <laughs> yeah. wears like a cutoff shirt while he's actually in committee hearings. Yeah. I, I, I know that's just one example, but how do you think that changes the perception about tattoos that somebody who's an elected senator has when is showing them off? Yeah. So, I mean, I tattoo a lot of doctors and firefighters and police officers. So um, these are, you know... Uh, the tattoos mean a lot to them, you know, so it's it's definitely more mainstream than what it once was, definitely. Now, now going back to the concept of luxury, does luxury mean exp more expensive than non-luxury? And, and, and there could be reasons for it to be expensive, especially if you offer more than the average tattoo parlor. Well, yes, our, our equipment is more expensive. Um, our needles and, and our ink, our ink is vegan and it's the top top shelf ink. So it is more expensive, but it does um, add to the longevity of the tattoo and the quality of the tattoo as well. So I think my clients really appreciate that. And, and it's kind of a no brainer really, because um, if you're already you know, going through the pain, might as well have it um, where it's done with quality and quality equipment. What do you think is the most difficult thing about being a tattoo artist? And what do you think is the best thing about being a tattoo artist? Yeah, so the most difficult thing is, honestly, we kind of already went through that process was with trying to open. Um, that was, I think, the most hardest part for me. Um, and then just let, you know, kind of explain to the community of what my vision is and that it's not, you know, your traditional tattoo parlor. And then uh, my favorite, favorite thing is, is actually getting to know my clients and, and hearing their story and then making it come to life. That's honestly my, my favorite part. <laughs> Azra Salimovic is the owner of Azra Tattoos in Afton. The shop opened last month. Azra, thank you so much thank for being Thank you so much. It's quite an honor. Thank you. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dore. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group.
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.